Hey, good morning, everybody. Yes, it is 7.05 a.m. on this Sunday morning. It is August the 2nd, 2020. And if I come on here, of course, you can see the um, title, of course. It is a topics on my mind for today for this, uh, like I said, August 2nd, 2020. And what topics are we going to talk about today? Well, we got six topics we're going to try to get through quickly and, you know, basically give you my thoughts on them as I rise up a little bit so I can be next to the mic a little bit better. Adjust it here. But yes, what topics are we going to talk about uh, today? As I got some things taken care of here. Well, let's go through them, shall we? The first topic we're going to talk about, it's been going around the internet recently. It's been reported by various news sites. And that is TikTok, the very popular app slash service uh, to be banned in the U.S., Yes, apparently um, word is going around that our president plans to ban TikTok um, from the U.S. because it's uh, owned, it's a Chinese-owned um, app. So, you know, with, with, with what's been going on, you, I guess, honestly, people can't blame Trump uh, for feeling that way. So, yeah, the word is he plans to ban TikTok uh, from the U.S. as soon as this Saturday. Now, I know a lot of people that are using TikTok, including celebrities, sports athletes, probably don't like that, and we'll get into that um, as soon as we can. I mean, as soon as we start up, start the uh, topics, if you will. Now, as I uh, link this onto... Um, Twitter, hold on for a sec. And that, now that's going to be an interesting topic to discuss. And I know many people probably that watch this or will watch this uh, on YouTube uh, live or later on post live are not too particularly thrilled about that. I mean, the fact that, um, you know, Trump wants to get rid of the uh, the app known as TikTok uh, very very soon so yeah it's gonna, again it's going to be really really an interesting discussion uh, to get to talk about to start off the topics if you will uh, second topic we'll talk about I did a quick video on this and I said possibly in the topics on my mind a live stream I would talk about it and that is Minerva Mink Hello Nuts a Minerva Mink and Hello Nurse, among other characters, uh, not to be included in the upcoming Animaniacs reboot on Hulu later this year or early next year. Yeah. Basically, according to the Animaniac cast, the Animaniac cast, uh, the Animaniacs or Animania, Animaniac cast, Animaniac cast uh, podcast. Uh, reports, because I guess they're close to the source, reports are that Minerva Mink 
the likes of Minerva Mink, Hello Nurse, among other characters, will not be included in the upcoming Animaniacs reboot. Now, I talked about that briefly in that five, a little over five and a half minute video I did during my break. I gave some initial thoughts there as to why I don't think we have anything to worry about when it comes to that. I really don't. So we'll talk about that. The third topic, um, as you know, this past week and this past weekend, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and even before that, Major League Soccer, MLS, and even WNBA have restarted their seasons, uh, modified, if you will. Uh, The NBA and the WNBA are in Florida right now in two different locations. Uh, MLB is working the schedule as if they normally would, traveling. Uh, the only exception right now is the Blue Jays. I don't know if they have to do a lot of away games now because of what's going on. Um, the NHL resumed uh, this past weekend with their playoffs, or with the start of the playoffs, I believe, as I adjust the camera here. I think it's adjusted. Let me just, yeah, it's adjusted. But yeah, the NHL also restarted, resumed uh, this past week. And uh, what's interesting about it, um, and I'll talk about this, is we all know with Major League Baseball, uh, they basically made the announcement and pretty much everybody, I guess, uh, every fan kind of participated. uh, And they still can, I guess. They basically sent in a picture of themselves to be placed on a cardboard to be placed in the seating area uh, during the game so that, you know, it looks like you have people there. So I guess if you're watching the game, you might just see yourself in the stands. Uh, But there's some other interesting things as well along with that. And again, it correlates a little bit with what's going on in the other leagues as well. And it makes you wonder um, if the NFL, if things don't, shape up in which they will apparently they're getting close to making that happen if you know what i mean um you gotta wonder if the nfl will have to do the same thing i mean there's been discussions of things changing being modified for that and college uh in case things don't improve but they will god willing they will uh but yeah so but yeah, basically, we'll talk about that. Them pumping in crowd noises uh, during in the stadiums and the arenas uh, during the restart. We'll talk about that and how maybe a certain promotion, wrestling promotion, may have kind of encouraged that a little bit. I was taking a cue from that. Number four, we're going to talk about the comic book industry not going away anytime soon in neither are comics. Now, if you guys are a fan subscribers and fans of Clownfish TV, which I'm a subscriber and a follower, and I have a lot of respect for them. They're very opinionated, gives their thoughts on how they on how things are going because they've kind of had a foothold in the business and certain parts of the business uh, beforehand. Uh, but basically, they have talked about recently how the comic book industry is on its last legs, how it's dying out, da-da-da. Well, I'm here to kind of counter-argue that and kind of give my thoughts as to why that's not the case. So we'll talk about that. Then number five, uh, John Campy or John Campa talked about this. It was it made the rounds uh, in the past 72, 96 hours. Uh, AMC, or at least the past week, 
AMC and Universal have reached a new deal, a new agreement, and this agreement could affect the future of movies. And we'll talk about how that could be, how this new deal could affect the future of movies going forward. And then number six, what impact will the hashtag rally for Sally make in the Sonic franchise? I've talked about this before. Uh, a lot of people have talked about this, but yeah, basically Sally, uh, the character Sally Acorn has been getting a lot of support lately due to the fact that, um, well, the characters of Tangle and Whisper from the IDW comics, which people would look at as only comic book characters themselves, recently debuted in Sonic Dash and Sonic uh, Forces Speed Battle, mostly Sonic Forces Speed Battle. I haven't seen them in Sonic Dash yet, but they're basically in the mobile Sonic games right now, and a lot of fans have taken issue with that in the past uh, number of weeks. So we'll talk about what impact ra- hashtag rally for Sally could make uh, in the seeable future. But the first one we're going to talk about, like I said, is TikTok. So let's start off. So anyway, with that said, I should say, let's start off with our first topic, and that is TikTok. Yes, TikTok, the very popular app and service, video servers or GIF service, whatever you want to call it. Well, Basically, word is going around, news are report, news outlets are reporting this, that because of what's going on with China and basically China being at the forefront of, uh, you know, a country to take the blame for this outbreak, this pandemic that we're going through. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, our president, is not too happy with them. I'm not sure if he's severed ties with the president of China or, or maybe he looks at the president of China as someone that is innocent in all this. I don't know. But he's not really happy with China whatsoever at this moment because, like I said, they are kind of at the forefront of what's been going on and basically at the forefront of this being the reason this pandemic is going all over the world. So Trump has said, you know what? We're not going to have any more things coming out of China. We're not going to have anything made from China coming into our country. Anything that comes in our country is going to be American-made. You know, he's basically, he's given that whole uh, speech. I mean, ever since this happened, and even before that, he's given the speech that, you know, this is America, and that if we have products, and that if we want things, we want certain products and stuff, that they should be American-made, not foreign-made. So uh, he's made that perfectly clear. And I guess what he wants to do is start off by doing something about TikTok, because, you know, there's been rumors, reports going around that TikTok is more than what it seems. I mean, it is a fun app, but don't get me wrong. Um, You know, it allows you to make these quick transitions like magic. You know, it's kind of like a mini studio, mini movie studio, if you will, uh, within the app to where you can do like a jump cut from one scene to another, like, excuse me, like with me, I can do a jump cut like with me wearing this to, you know, just do that. And then next thing you know, you see me in in my work outfit. You know, stuff like that. So, you know, those kind of um, effects. It even gives you different kind of filters. Like you can make it look like you're stepping into the Iron Man suit or you're talking with the head of Optimus Prime or whatever. So long story short, TikTok allows you to do all that. 
but since it's Chinese made, it's founded in the state in the country of China. Trump is like, no more. That ain't going to have a place in our country. It's gone. And reports are he plans to uh, dis- he plans to ban it as soon as Saturday. And I know, and I've already read what some people have said about this. Some people have said that he doesn't have the authority to do that. He doesn't have the right to do that. That's taking away our freedom of speech. And you all have a good point on that, but you got to look at you got to look at this. You got to look at it this way. As much as I hate to say it, and I think he knows it personally himself, our president is a hothead. And I say that with all due respect, but he's a hothead. Our president is a hothead, and he lets his anger and emotions get the best of him to the point that even though he means well, and I think we all know that, I think we all know he means well, he sometimes puts his foot in his mouth, and he doesn't realize he's put his foot in his mouth to it's too late. I mean, look, I mean, look what's going on now. He realizes that if he doesn't start applying one of these over his mouth when he goes into certain areas around the country for his rallies and inspections and whatever, without that, he's pretty much not going to make it as pre- make it into a second term as president. He knows that. He knows that for a fact, which is why basically, you know, he's now wearing it because he's realizing he put his foot in his mouth when it came to saying, "Oh, it's, you know, this pandemic's not that bad, or the vi- this virus ain't so bad." It's going to go away. And he's realizing now that everything he said is basically him put, him putting his foot in his mouth. So that's why he's now wearing this. So he can be like, look, look. It's, I mean, him wearing a mask in certain areas now is his, is his own way of saying he was wrong. He was wrong. You were right. See, now I'm wearing a mask to protect even myself. But anyway... Like I said, he's the kind of president, and we've had various presidents in the past. We cannot deny that. But he's the kind of president among, like I said, various presidents of the past that basically put their foot in the mouth. And, you know, they say th- they let their anger get the best of them, and they say things they don't really mean. Now, some might say, oh, he's not going to really do it. Now, I, well, what I'm trying to say is, now I know, okay, what well, I'm trying to, let me get another drink here. It's better. Now, I know some people will probably say, oh, he's not really going to do it. He's just threatening them. He's just scaring them. And that might be true. Maybe maybe Trump's trying to threaten, knowing that TikTok's a very profitable business for China. Maybe not as much, but very profitable. Maybe he's hoping that China will be like, okay, 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 okay. Don't take TikTok away. We'll tell you the truth. Maybe that's what he's hoping for. Maybe he's hoping that someone in China that's close to what's been going on will come forward and say, no, you don't have to do that. Here's the truth. Maybe that's why he's saying he'll do it. Now, again, like I said earlier, TikTok has been rumored to also be known as not just a great app with all the features it has, but it's also been known in the past, I guess, as a way for China to spy on America. You know, basically see what we're doing you know, in our own personal lives. And nobody really likes that. And like I said, I looked at the comments through various uh, articles, you know, through various articles. And um, basically, you know, there are some people that are back and forth on it. Like I said, some people don't like the idea that he's going to take TikTok, that he wants to take TikTok away. Some people feel he doesn't have the right to do it. He doesn't have the power some of even saying that even if he succeeds, 
others are still going to be able to download it through third-party applications and everything to be able to utilize it. And then, of course, you have others that are like, look, Trump, you know, hey, it may not be a popular decision, but Trump right now is not happy with China and neither is everybody else because of what's going on, because they're basically looked at, as like I said, the main country at fault for what's happened. So there are people that are defending Trump's op opinion by saying or decision to uh, remove TikTok from the U.S. because of the fact that it's been used to spy on people, according to several rumors and reports. And the fact that it's China made, it's China made. Now, here's what I look at. Even if Trump succeeds um, in banning TikTok from the U.S., TikTok's still going to be around. And it's not just going to be around through third-party applications, no. What's going to happen is this. Yes, this version of TikTok will go away. If Trump has any say, and he really means it, and he sticks to his guns, this version of TikTok's going away. It doesn't mean TikTok's gone for good, because you can't tell me that someone out there at a U.S.-based um, service, you know, application, service, whatever, Google, Apple, whatever, you can't tell me someone like them ain't going to pick up the slack and say, okay, Trump got rid of the Chinese version of TikTok. Guess what? We'll create our own American version of TikTok, be the same thing and everything, but it'll be much more improved. So, here's, so basically, you know, Trump, he might be getting rid of TikTok, but he's not going to get rid of it completely because, you know, I, I look at it this way. Everybody has a right to their opinion on how they feel about this decision by Trump, by Trump saying he's going to do it. But I think they all would agree that even if he does succeed, it doesn't mean TikTok is gone forever. It basically means that, like I said, this version of TikTok's gone, but it means we're going to get another version down the line. That's the truth. I think some person out there or some company out there is going to say, you know what, TikTok was very popular with the people. Let's bring it back, but let's do it on the, on the American flag. Let's make this TikTok, this new version of TikTok, made in the USA. So basically, I just look at it like was saying goodbye to the old and eventually saying hello to the new. That's what's going to happen. And as some people have gone back and forth with the others on, on Facebook and Twitter and all that, you know, it's basically the fact that Trump is, I mean, one person said it best, Trump is not happy with China. He's not because they've lied. They didn't tell us ahead of what was going on. They collab in his opinion and others' opinion with the World Health Organization. You know, so basically you can't, so they're basically saying, look, you can't blame Trump for feeling this way and wanting to do this, especially with a service like TikTok that has had issues in the past of being looked at as something for Chinese to, for the Chinese to spy on us with. Now, here, now here's the thing. We have a whole week. We have from when he made the announcement to the upcoming Saturday for things to change. He might come out and say, look, I'm not going to ban TikTok. I'm not going to do it. I've heard too much of a reaction. But he's probably going to say, but however, I want Americans to limit their use on it. In other words, he might say, just go on it for maybe 10 minutes, and that's it. Just limit your use to maybe 10 minutes, half hour, whatever, but that's it. Because the less you use it, the less chance China has a chance to spy on you. Or something like that. Or he may come out and make the announcement that, yeah, he's going to ban this version of TikTok, but, he, he's in but he's been in talks with something like Microsoft or Apple or Google, and they're on the verge of creating a new TikTok made in the U.S., 
So that might happen. Who knows? But yeah, according to various reports from NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, Fox, depending on whether you believe them or not, uh, Trump is planning, as of right now, things could change, but he is planning to ban the TikTok app and service, which is Chinese-based, China-based, here in the U.S. He's planning to basically ban it here in the U.S. Now, will he completely succeed in it? To be honest with you, no, I don't think he will, because as some people pointed out, those that use TikTok, they'll find a way around it through third-party applications. So... Uh, but again, could things change in the, this next week? Maybe. But the way I look at it is, even if he does succeed in doing it, TikTok's still going to come. TikTok's going to come back. It's going to make a comeback, and it's going to make a comeback in a way that, you know, is done as a TikTok service that the U.S. It's, it's basically going to be TikTok American style. That's what it's going to be. So. Yeah, apparently Trump, that's the plan that Trump wants to do. Will he follow through on it? Will it succeed? Well, we have a wait to, we have a, we have the rest of this week to see what happens. So yeah, TikTok right now, the current version is on life support and the plug could be pulled as soon as this, um, this Saturday. So as I used to always say, it's a wait and see deal. All right, so number two. So on to our next topic, our second topic, and I know my one of my current live stream viewers right now would be interested in this. But the second topic here, I've talked about this in my five and a half minute video that I did during my only break back on, I think it was Thursday, on Friday, I believe. And the news, well, I think it was Thursday or Friday, one of them. But basically the second topic here is Minerva Mink. Hello, Nurse, and, and among other characters, let me let me reread that. Maneva Mink, Hello, Nurse, among other characters, not to be included in the Animatics reboot on Hulu? That's right. You heard me ask that question correctly, or read that question correctly here on the second topic. Maneva Mink, Hello, Nurse, among other characters, not to be included in in the upcoming Animatics reboot on Hulu. Yep. Like I said, you heard you heard me read that correctly. And the reason I, I read that question here on the second topic that way is according to the Animaniac Cast, Animaniac Cast uh, podcast, the Animaniac Cast podcast, who I guess is close to the situation, the characters of Minerva Mink, Hello Nurse, and other characters similar to them, if not in the realm of controversial, will not, as of right now that is, will not be included in the upcoming Animaniacs reboot on Hulu. Now, here's the thing. When I read this, and I read some people's reaction the reactions were kind of mixed. Some people were some people were understanding of it because, you know, when you look at Minerva Mink and you look at Hello Nurse, 
you look at two characters that in today's day day and age, especially with all the SJWs and you know Karens out there and stuff like that. Um, Minerva Mink and Hello Nurse could be looked at as the kind of characters that are degrading, disrespectful, and showcase women in an unflattering way. And in today's culture, that's a big no-no. And the last thing Warner Brothers and Hulu want to happen uh, with this upcoming reboot of Animaniacs, a very popular property that is, even still to this day, is they don't want to have to pull the plug on it a lot sooner than they have to. Basically, they don't want to take chances. And there are some people that, you know, read this or read this article, you know, heard about this article, and they were like, yeah, we understand. You know, we don't like it, but we understand why you have to do it. And there are some that are not happy at all. They're like, well, what are you doing? You know, Animaniacs is not Animaniacs unless you have all these characters, unless you have a Minerva Meek, unless you have a Hellowness, unless you have a Slappy Squirrel and a Skippy Squirrel, unless you have, um, you know, the Good Feathers, unless you have Rita and Runt, you know, Chicken Boo, Mr. Skeleton Head or whatever. Um, it's not the same. You know, it's not the same. I mean, yes, it's great to bring in bringing back the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister, Yako Warner, Yako, Wacko, and Dot, and and you're bringing back Pinky and the Brain. That's fine. You're making them kind of like the focal points for the segments. But there are a lot of fans that feel it's still not going to be the same if you don't have these other characters. Now, what I said during that five and a half minute video is, I don't think Minerva Mink is going to be gone for good. I think she will return. I think if the reboot is successful, that she will, along with Hello Nurse. Um, I, I think honestly they will make a comeback. I really do. Um, I think there's a a good chance that you know they will make a comeback and it might be in the second season or even the third season now here's the thing according to the original article Hulu and Warner Brothers had ordered two seasons of the Animaniacs reboot we don't know anything about the first two seasons we'll probably get a better clue of the first season in the coming months or in the coming weeks maybe the coming months but we don't know anything about the second season. So the second season, we could, mind you, excuse me, we could uh, see uh, Minerva Mink in the second season, perhaps, along with Hello Nurse. And if not, and we get another season or two, then I could see Minerva and Hello Nurse, along with some other characters, showing up in those upcoming seasons. Now, do I think it's disappointing that they'll take these characters out? Yeah, I think it is. Because like I said originally when I first talked about this reboot when it was first announced, I said you had so much potential. You had potential to do things with these characters you never could before. You had the potential to showcase them as you couldn't before. 
but that's not good. But right now, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Um, but as I said, I believe that if the reboot is successful and becomes a huge hit, that we're going to get these characters back. Somebody brought up the fact that um, when they did Wabbit, the Bugs Bunny show on Boomerang and uh, Cartoon Network, they only incorporated a few characters. Yosemite Sam, Wiley Coyote, and I think Elmer. I'm not really sure. But as time went on and they went into another season, that's when they started to in, into a future seasons, I should say. I think it was a second, third season, something like that. That's when they started to incorporate the rest of the Looney Tunes uh, cast and reformatted Rabbit into the new Looney Tunes show. And they got as far as to actually uh, include uh, Lola Bunny. They included Lola Bunny in this. And Lola, um, as I mentioned in a, another topics video I did uh, a couple, about a month ago or so, Lola is a hybrid. This version of Lola that was in the new Looney Tunes show was a hybrid of her Looney Tunes show version and her Space Jam version. So she was kind of a hybrid of both. And she was voiced by Cass Sushi, the original voice of Lola in Space Jam, also the voice of Sally Acorn uh, in Sonic the Hedgehog. But anyway, Cat Sushi in my opinion, did a great job with this new hybrid version of Lola in the new Looney Tunes show. And that's just an example of what this one person said of what animani what could happen with Animaniacs. That if it's successful in the first season or two, that we could see potentially the some of the original characters coming back. And perhaps we will see Minerva Meek and Hello Nurse, but maybe more modified to be, but modified to be more acceptable uh, in a sense. So we could see that happen. We could see that happen. I mean, if there's anything that's been proven to me over the past five, ten, five, ten years, it's the fact that if something is successful on television, if a show is successful on television, it'll get more seasons. The studio, the network, you know, the, the channel, whatever you want to call them, they will, they will ask, they will demand more seasons. They, won't, they will want to renew for another season or two because of the popularity. I mean, if you, again, if it, like I said, if there's any, anything that's been proven to me in these past five to ten years, that is a show, if popular with fan base, will be renewed num for numerous seasons. A good example, heck, you look behind me, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. That show originally was supposed to only go for about three and a half seasons or three seasons period. But its popularity soared to heights no one's ever seen. And it ended up getting near a damn decade's worth of seasons on television. The 10th season, of course, is in comic book form, but you kind of get my get, get what I'm saying. You had a near decade's worth of seasons on television and guess what throughout a lot of those seasons that the sh show progressed in it was allowed to kind of let loose just a little bit more 
every season they were able to untie a certain rule or restriction they had. They were able to go more in depth with some of the lessons and morals and even go in areas that normally you wouldn't see in animated series going, like, like the LGBTQ areas, if you know what I mean. So when it comes to something like Animaniacs, if they prove to be, if the reboot proves to be a success, then I could see them bringing back all these other characters that are not going to be there at the beginning, along with Minerva and Hello Nurse. And I could see Minerva and Hello Nurse at first being a little modified, you know, to kind of fit into the new aspect of the show. But I could also see them kind of maybe coming back that way, but also using that as a bit of a parody to say, yeah, you know, this is what, you know, they want us to be, but this is what we really are. And you can have them get a little bit more um, edgy or risky if they wanted to. So I could see Minerva making Hello Ness along with other characters coming back in a potential third and fourth season if this reboot is successful. Um, I could also see a character very similar to Minerva Mink uh, being, you know, debuting in the show where she is a modified version of Minerva and she does kind of have the similar wacky traits of Minerva. So I could see that too. Maybe even more wacky. Who knows? Um, but yeah, as of right now, apparently, according to the Animania cast, uh, Minerva is not going to be in the the reboot along with hello nurse her and hello nurse are pretty much going to be on the outside looking in along with some other characters but i do believe they will be back i really do if the show is successful enough i can almost guarantee that in the third and fourth season they will come back modified to fit in with what's going on and maybe even use that potentially in another season to poke fun of the whole restrictions thing that they have to go through So, so yeah, I could see them coming back. And again, I also see them probably introducing a character that's similar to Minerva that shares in her wacky traits that she has, if not even more so. So, yeah, as of right now, though, unfortunately, uh, Minerva, Hello Nurse, among other characters, are not going to be included in the upcoming Animatics reboot on Hulu for the time being. But that could all change because, you know, look, we don't know what the first season's going to be like and we sure as heck don't know what the second season's going to be like so we could still be in store for a lot more and like one person told me if the uh, wabbit show is any example of how popular something could be to warrant new seasons and evolve in those new seasons that that's that's the proof right there because like i said rabbit was originally intended just to be a bucks bunny thing you know with just certain characters in there along with new characters and then all of a sudden, the new season comes around, and then boom, here comes all the characters back, you know, along with Lola. Excuse me. So, you know, that's that's pretty much a good example on the Warner Brothers side of things of one of those shows is that if one of those shows is a hit, there's a potential that it could get more seasons and more characters could be included, old and new. So anyway, let's get on to our third topic here. And our third topic has to deal with something that's been that's hap- been happening over the past week, if not the past month or so. And that is the MLB, NBA, NHL, MLS, WNBA, among others, pumping in crowd noise throughout the stadiums and arenas? Okay, 
So you're probably wondering what I mean by that. Well, if there's one thing that recently, if not previously, wrestling promotions like WWE and AEW have been uh, criticized for is, well, not having much of a crowd. And even with a limited crowd, pumping in crowd noise. Yeah, they've been notorious. They've been called out by a lot of people for pumping in crowd noise with e- even though they have no crowd, no real crowd, and the only crowd they have is very, very limited. So yeah, they've been called out about that. Well, guess who decided to join the bandwagon, jump on the bandwagon? Well, what I'm trying to say is, guess who decided to jump on that same bandwagon of pumping in crowd noise in virtually an empty stadium? That's right. All the pro sports. All the pro sports decided to jump in and decide and make the decision that along with the cardboard cutouts when it comes to the Major League Baseball games, along with those and along with which all made is kind of in, innovative, along with the fans and uh, being seen on these little mini screens uh, in the Walt Di- in the lakefront Walt Disney area. Or the Walt Disney Worldwide Sports Arena, you have this uh, screen with various shots of fans appearing on there watching the game, and I guess it just switches out from one fan to another. Uh, along with that and other things, if not an empty arena period, apparently all these sports leagues that have restarted in the past week, if not month, have decided to pump in crowd noise to make it feel more alive, to make it feel more legitimate. And uh, you know, it, it's one thing to to get on people about uh, to get on these sports uh, promotions for um, for even deciding to restart their seasons in any kind of capacity. You know, it's one thing to get on it on it on the M, on the Major League Baseball for not just restarting the season, but basically filling up the fan uh, filling up the stands with cardboard cutouts of fans who can't even be there but have to basically watch from home and basically just watch because they want to see themselves. You know, you know, it's one thing to get on them and doing that, but now you have people getting on them, getting on the NBA, getting on the NHL possibly, the MLS and the WNBA for basically pumping in crowd noise when they don't need to, apparently, or when it's not necessary. But here's the thing. Here's what some people have to understand about that. Even though it doesn't feel like it should, even though pumping in the crowd noise feels unnecessary, you got to remember that a lot of people that originally purchased tickets to be at these venues for these games are watching them from home. And they'll always, and because they're watching it from home, they're usually, and because they're, well, what I'm trying to say is because these people originally were supposed to be at these events, and and experience the crowd noise and the jubilation of the crowd. Like I said, they have to sit at home. So what are these, what are these promotions? What are these leagues doing? These leagues are saying, okay, look, you guys can't be here. Here's what we'll do. We'll pump in the crowd noise. We'll make it loud and vibrant so that if you're watching at home, especially if you have a theater system or whatever, you'll feel like you're here. Excuse me. You know, you'll feel like you're here at the game. So, 
so yeah, you know, it may seem ridiculous, but that's what the but to me it makes sense. It makes the game feel more alive. It makes it feel more like, you know, it is in front of an actual crowd, even though that crowd is just made up of cardboard cutouts when it comes to baseball. Or it's just in front of people that are watching at home on a live on a live stream and you can see their various faces on a screen. Or stuff like that. I can understand the frustration. I can like I said, I can understand how people might feel it seems ridiculous. It seems stupid to do that. But guess what? If it's gonna help make the experience feel more legit and not so hollow, that because that's the one thing you gotta gotta look at. You know, one thing a lot of people were always afraid about when it came to the restart of these seasons was, you know, how hollow it may feel for the players, you know, you know, no matter what stadium or venue they're in, how hollow it's going to feel, how empty it's going to feel, how lifeless it's going to feel when they're stepping onto that, that diamond or onto that ice rink or onto that court, you know, to resume or onto that field to resume the seasons or, and, or finish them off. You know, a lot of people had that feeling or had that thought of, you know, how empty it will feel, how meaningless, lifeless it's going to be. Well, guess what these leagues are doing? These leagues are saying, you know what? We're not going to make this lifeless. We're not going to make this pathetic. We're not going to make this raw. We're not going to make this, you know, hollow. We're not going to make it seem dim and grim. You know what we're going to do? We're going to liven it up. We're going to pump things up. And that's what they did. They pumped things up. They made it feel more alive. I mean, I get it's weird to to sit there and watch a, a you know, for me, I didn't see it last night because I don't know if they played, but for me, yeah, it's kind of weird to probably watch a San Jose, a San Jose Sharks game, you know, from an empty SAP center or wherever they are. I think it's in Canada. I think it's Edmonton or Toronto. But, it, yeah, it is weird for me to watch a game like that and be like, okay, this all we're hearing is just some talking and, you know, the sticks hitting the puck and all that. And da, da, da. I can understand that people will feel that that's boring. It's lifeless. But if you pump in a crowd noise, you know, you pump in the crowd noise, you make it feel more alive. You make it feel it more legit. And that's a criticism also that goes towards wrestling. And UFC, you know, WWE and AEW have been criticized about doing it, even with the limited crowd that they have. Well, guess what? Even if they have a limited crowd, them trying to make, despite how the product may come off to you, they're trying to make it feel more alive, more vibrant. You know, they're not trying to be like, oh, well, here's an empty arena like we've been having or an empty PC center or an empty whatever and here, do, 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 do. No, they're trying to make you feel more alive, more vibrant, more full of it. And also, when you think about it, by doing this in wrestling, UFC, MMA, and pro sports like baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, by doing this, they're getting the players ready for the eventual return of the fans. And you know, as well as I do, fans will be returning before this year's out. No matter what the governors or other people say, they will come back. Yeah, it's going to be modified and limited for the time being, but they will be back. I mean, take a look at Korea. Take a look at Japan. 
You know, they already got people attending their sporting events, but they haven't modified. And the same thing will happen here. The same thing will happen here. Once that vaccine comes in, or once things start settling down a little bit, and they will, God willing, they will. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to have an announcement by Major League Baseball, by the governors. You're going to have an announcement by NBA, by the NHL, MLS, that, oh, by the way, crowds can come back, but we're going to modify it. In other words, you can attend, but it's going to be modified. I mean, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Okay, Western Conference is in uh, Edmonton, according to Bugs. Uh, that's uh, my friend by the go- that goes by the name of Bugs. So anyway, anyway, they're trying to get them ready. I mean, think about it. Why do you think Major League Baseball is allowing these cardboard cu- cardboard cutouts to be in the stands instead of actual people? Look, look at how they're positioning them. They're positioning them in a way to where they're spread out so that when they do get the go-ahead to allow fans in, they'll have an idea of exactly where to put fans so that fans are not close to each other during the games. That's why these cardboard cutouts are where they are, so that basically they have an idea of, okay, this is where we need to put these people, even if they're wearing the mask, so that nobody gets infected. Because even if the virus, or vaccine, I should say, is um, brought in, and it will be apparently very soon, um, even if the vaccine is brought in, it's still going to take time to take effect, and a lot of people are not going to want to take a chance. And there's a lot of pro sports that have yet to start, a lot of college sports that have yet to start, that are going to have to look at what's going on and say, all right, we're going to have to, for the time being, modify certain areas of our arenas and our stadiums so that people can attend but not be close to each other. That's basically be that's basically going to be about it. And I and I know some people, you know, just feel that, you know, uh, you know, these uh these sporting leagues and these sports entertainment uh promotions, you know, they should just shut down and wait till everything's in the clear. But here's the thing. Everybody has said this and they everybody has said something similar, I should say. And that is they could do that. But then you're just surrendering to fear. You need something to basically keep hope alive. And this does this. Having sports back in some capacity keeps hope alive. Because when those MLB players look at those cardboard cutouts of fans and see how they're positioned around the stadium in the stands, that gives them hope that very soon those will be actual fans in those seats, modified, that they'll be able to play in front of the same reason why the crowd noise gets pumped in. So it gives people back on back in track, back in the mindset of this is what they're going to be dealing with when the real thing, when things really get back to normal. So to shut down every sport is not a good, it's not, it's not reasonable. Modify it to kind of work around what's going on. That's feasible. I mean, there's talk about football having to, if something goes on, goes wrong or astray with college and NFL football in the fall, there's talk of resuming it in the spring. 
you know, just in case. But I think don't think we'll have to worry about that. The point is, it may seem ridiculous, but these leagues and these promotions pumping in crowd noise is to help keep help make it feel more alive and help us have a sense of normalcy. So, yeah, it may seem ridiculous that all these leagues are doing it, but I think it's a great, I think it's a brilliant move. I think it's a great move to make them feel more normal and make us feel more normal. So, so yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good move. And it also, like I said, allows these men and women that participate in these leagues and these promotions to kind of get their mindset on track to being in front of a real life audience real soon. All right, so on to the next topic here. And our next topic is the comic book industry not going away anytime soon, and neither are comics. Okay, so as I mentioned when I brought this topic up, I'm a fan, I'm a subscriber to Clownfish TV. I have a lot of respect for Neon and Geeky Sparkles and their opinions. I mean, they do have experience in the business themselves of entertainment, comics, you name it. And they have been very vocal about the future of the comic book industry. They basically feel the comic book industry is on its last leg, especially during this pandemic. And I have to disagree with them. I mean, yes, the comic book industry is not as it used to be. And financially, there are some publications and some comic book stores that right now don't seem like they could be um, on the verge of surviving uh, throughout this. But I don't think it means that the comic book industry is going to be out the window. It's going to be RIP. Now, I know some people will probably tell me, well, Neon and Geeky, they don't really mean it's done and it's dead and buried now. They're just saying that the way things are going the future doesn't look so good unless they kind of do something to correct course. And I agree with that. I totally agree. I agree with that. I totally agree. They, you know, there are parts of the comic book industry that do need to correct course. They need to shake things up. They need to make things right. I'm not disagreeing with that. Like I said, I'm not disagreeing with that. What I'm saying, though, is for anybody that thinks that the comic book industry is, you know, going to go away soon, they're not. The comic book industry has gone through a lot of different pandemics throughout its history. Throughout the 1940s, 50s, 60s, 30s, you know, even as early as the 20s. You know, they've gone through a lot of different pandemics, global, um, global, you know, national and global pandemics and all that. It, they've gone through a lot and they have survived. Even the comic book stores have survived. Even the publishers have survived.
So just because something like this is going on doesn't mean it's going to go away anytime soon. It doesn't mean that Disney's going to fold up Marvel Comics. It doesn't mean Warner Brothers is going to fold up DC Comics. It doesn't mean IDW Comics is going to go bankrupt and going to fold and be sold off to somebody else. It just means right now the future in the eyes of someone like Geeky Sparkles and Neon is uncertain unless they change up a few things and they correct course. That's about it. But they're not going to go away anytime soon. Just because Diamond Comics came out when this whole pandemic started and say, nope, we're we're shutting down for right now because we don't want to take chances. Just because they said that doesn't mean the comic book industry is like, bury us six feet under. No, they're not like that. It's not like that. What it is is that the comic book industry has to find ways around that. And guess what? DC Comics did it. Other publishers, other comic book companies, small or big, are doing it. Excuse me. They're finding ways to work around that. And guess what it's doing to Diamond Comics, the Diamond Publication? It's making Diamond wake up and realize, oh, man, we're going to lose business to these other people to these other distributors or other publications, whatever, or these other distributors, we need to get back on our butts. And that's probably what they're going to be doing, if not already. So, so no, the comic book industry is not going away anytime soon, and neither are comics. Yes, people are probably preferring more of the digital route to read comics nowadays, but they still also enjoy the physical form. I mean, heck, a lot of people pretty much in the past few days have been sharing their free comic book edition of season 10's MLP. So, yeah, people so yeah, people still enjoy physical comics and physical graphic novels and trade paperbacks. So that's not going away anytime soon. Just because, let's say, a comic book publisher like IDW had to basically... Uh, lay off, fire, put on leave the newest president because of, you know, his background and allegations and stuff that may have come his way after the other president, Chris Rael, decided to step away or step down and pursue other interests. It doesn't mean IDW is going to go bury me six feet under. No, it just means they got to find a way to correct course and work around the situation. Now, I know, now here's the thing. I know some people might agree with what I'm saying and they might look at what, you know, Neon is saying as being sour grapes because he used to work for IDW and because of certain situations that he won't tell, that he won't tell, and that that is his personal business and personal choice that he won't indulge us in. He just wants to see IDW burn. He wants to see the comic book industry burn because, you know, he was burned. No. That's not how I see it. I just see someone like like Neon just reporting it from his own personal perspective of how he sees things may occur if things don't get corrected. But honestly, my honest opinion, and if they do watch this, I hope they do. I don't think Neon or Geeky, I don't think they want the comic industry to go away. I think they want it to strive and survive and be stronger than ever. But right now, with the way certain decisions are made, with certain publications, you know, the delays and everything that have occurred until recently, you know, you can't argue with them having an opinion on 
well, what I'm trying to say is you can't argue with them having an opinion from their own personal experience as how they possibly see things going if these publications don't shape up, if this industry doesn't shape up. But like I said, this comic book industry has gone through so much in the past before, other kind of pandemics and disasters and stuff like that, that it's proven that no matter what happens, it's always going to survive. It's always going to pull through. There might be some sacrifices. There might be some modifications. There might be some changes. That is true, but it doesn't mean that they're going to go completely six feet under, buried, dirt on top of them. You go visit the Hollywood Graveyard Cemetery, and that's a shout-out to Hollywood Graveyard's YouTube channel, but you go to the Hollywood Graveyard Cemetery, you go past a tombstone, and it says, comic book industry, that, that, uh, whenever it started to 2020. No, that's not going to be the case. That's not going to be the case because, like I said, they've gone and survived through a lot more worse than what's going on, if not as worse. So, no, they're not going to go anywhere. Again, what may come out of it is some changes and modifications, and some things may have to be shelved or sold off. And I'm not talking comic book, and I'm not talking comic book companies. I'm talking maybe like licenses or comic book properties, like. Like IDW has some original properties that they may have to sell off. They may have to sell off certain licensed properties to other publications. Like, you know, Archie Comics could see what's going on and say, hey, IDW, you, 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 you having financial problems? Hey, let's take Sonic and the Turtles off your hands. They could do that. Or Marvel could see one of the original thing, original properties that IDW created and said, you know what? That character or those characters would fit great in our MCU. Let's take them off your hands. That may be what happens, but I don't see IDW going down. I don't see Marvel going down. I don't see DC Top Cow Dog Horse going down or any of them. I see modifications and changes, and that's about it. But I don't see them, along with the comic book industry, going away anytime soon, nor do I see comic books physically themselves going away anytime soon. Because they've gone cause they've gone to cause this in cause this industry, this industry has gone through a lot worse if not as worse as what we're going through right now with this pandemic, in the past, and just like in the past, they've always found a way to pull through. That's about it. I mean, I know people are saying, well, what about the shops, the comic book shops? I think some of the shops are going to be okay. I really do. I think a lot of these comic book shops are going to be okay. Some of them may have to limit uh, their hours a little bit to save money. But, you know, I think they'll be okay. Again, they have to basically right now, until as some people put it, after election day, you know, a little after that, we're going to have to, um, ba- they're going to have to basically modify things to kind of help help them survive in this, during this time. And that's about it. But yeah, I don't think comic books are going away anytime soon physically or digitally. And I don't think the industry is going away anytime soon either. So that's just my take on that. That's just my take on that. All right. So number five, number five, uh, John Campa, uh, John Campy recently talked about this in the past week. This made some news. AMC theaters and universal have made a new deal. And it's a deal that could affect the future of the movies. 
Now, what that deal is that now what that deal is is this. Now, originally, um, AMC and Rego, basically NATO, the National Association of Theater Owners, they were not too thrilled with Universal's decision to put Trolls World Tour on VOD on the same day that kind of opened in whatever theaters were left open at that time, or even drive-ins. And basically, AMC it made the vow that they didn't they were not going to show Universal movies um, at all because of that. Well, because of financial situations with AMC and other places as well, AMC decided, you know what, maybe we were hesitant to say that. Universal actually had a great idea and strategy of how they did the, the VOD release of Trolls World Tour. You know what, maybe we can work something out with them. And the deal apparently is, the deal apparently goes like this, that basically whatever Universal film is released in theaters that after 17 days it could be released Universal will have the right if they choose according to what John Campa said and he read Universal will have the right if they choose to put that movie live action or animated onto VOD rental version premium VOD for $20 that's basically what Trolls World Tour was when they did it a couple months ago Trolls World Tour was basically premium VOD, which meant it was a rental only. So even though, so basically what that meant was Universal basically charged people the same amount of money as a ticket to go see it on the big screen to watch it at home. But you had to keep paying to watch it instead of just having it right then and there. So yeah, Universal apparently had a, a had a plan uh, in had a plan in mind on place uh, in case something like this happened. And I guess AMC saw the, saw that, Hey, this might work. Let's see what happens. And the decision and the deal basically is um, AMC will still show the movies, but if universal feels like it after 17 days, they can take a movie that's still at the AMC theaters and in theaters period and show it, on, and put it on VOD, premium VOD, for $20. Basically, make it a rental. Now, a lot of people are not too thrilled about this. John Campa, or John Campy, has uh, made his feelings known about it. And it's like, you know, a lot of people are wondering, what is AMC and Universal thinking? You know, you put a movie in theaters to be seen in theaters... And usually you wait two to three months before you make the decision to put it on VOD for rental and ownership. You don't make the decision that, oh, after two weeks, two and a half weeks, all of a sudden you're going to put it onto premium VOD, even if it's rental version, for people to watch at home. It doesn't make sense. It takes money away. Actually, it doesn't. Because according to the deal, AMC will still get a bit of the profits. They'll get 10% of any VOD purchases, premium VOD purchases of said movie. So they'll still get money put back into the box up into the box offices for that movie that gets released under V that gets put on the VOD two and a half weeks later. Now how will this affect the movies in the future? I don't think it's gonna have that big of an effect. 
because honestly, I don't think this deal, it's just my opinion, I don't think this deal is going to be a permanent deal. I think this deal, honestly, is going to be temporary. It's going to be something that is going to financially help both Universal and AMC get back on their feet, mostly AMC. And then once that's done, the deal will be nullified and things will go back to the way they were. So I don't think it's going to really affect the movies at all. I think mostly it's going to uh, mostly it's going to set the stage for how movie studios and theaters, cinemas, excuse me, uh, will deal with a situation like this again in the future if one comes up. And that's about it. It's going to open the door. Now, here's the thing. Disney, Regal, Warner, excuse me, Warner Brothers, you know, National Association of Theater Owners, you know, Cinemark, you name it, um, Paramount, whatever. You know, they may not agree with this, but you know deep down they're like, yeah, that's kind of a smart move right now during this time. They're looking at this deal between Universal and AMC, and even though they may come out or have representatives come out and say, oh, no, this is a bad idea. This shouldn't be doing it. Da, 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 da. And they may go a different route, but you can't say that deep. You can't tell me that deep down they're looking at that and they're going like, yeah, that's kind of a smart move on their end. So to me, I think, like I said, I think it's just a temporary situation. I don't think it's permanent. I think, honestly, you know, I see this, I see this deal lasting up until the end of the year, but I don't think it's going to be a permanent situation. I think it's going to be temporary. And then after this year's over and we go into 2021, that, you know, AMC financially will be back on its feet. Theaters will be back on their feet, you know, steadily back on their feet. And that's about it. And things will go from there. So I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's going to be a permanent situation as some people are fearing it's going to be. It's a temporary deal. It's a temporary, it's, a, it's kind of like going back to, going back to what I said about sports earlier. There's a lot of rule changes that are only, um, that are only in existence for this season. They're only in existence for this season, and that's it. There's no other, you know, there's no other season upcoming where these rules just for this season are going to be in fe- going to be in effect unless they choose to. It's only for this season and this season only. Like you know, with the National League, they now have a DH in the position of the pitcher when it comes to batting. I don't think that's a permanent thing. I think it's just temporary until we get into next season. The point is, the point I'm getting at is this AMC Universal deal, it's only temporary. I don't see it lasting forever. It's just something to help heal the wound, the the financial wound that AMC is having right now. Uh, And after that wound is healed, then, then the deal will be null and void and things will be back to the way they should be in some kind of capacity. But I don't see uh, a, but I don't see this deal being permanent. What I do see, like I said, is it basically setting the tone with how future studios and cinemas, you know, cinema franchises and all that, even NATO themselves work around the situation, work around a situation like what we're in right now to where 
if something like this comes up again, God willing, it won't, that basically, um, you know, it'll set, it'll basically be, basically they'll have some kind of plan being very identical to what AMC and Universal's deal is uh, ready to go in case something like this occurs again. But I don't think it will. I don't think it will. But yeah, like I said, the, the deal in my opinion is, yeah, it's going to change things to where this will be, it'll be basically a backup solution for a lot of cinemas and studios in the future in case something like this happens again. But the deal overall is not permanent. I don't think it's permanent. It's going to be, in my opinion, very temporary. It's going to be something to basically seal up the financial wound that AMC has right now. And that when it's healed up and things are back to normal in some capacity, as they said, um, it'll become null and void. But it will set the table and set the bar for you know, cinema for studios and for cinemas and studios and NATO themselves uh, to have a backup plan of some kind in the future in case something like this happens again. But I don't think it's permanent. I don't think it's permanent. I think it's very temporary. So that's that's my opinion on that. So on to our sixth and final topic. And our sixth and final topic is what impact will hashtag rally for Sally make in the Sonic franchise? Well, apparently there was a video up. I have to, I retweeted it to myself on Twitter. I have to look at it later, but apparently there's some good news when it comes to hashtag rally for Sally. Now, in case you guys don't know what rally for Sally is or hashtag rally for Sally is uh, basically it was a hashtag created by Alex, uh, the hitch Fox. Nintendo dude uh, and a few other fans to get Sally and maybe even the Freedom Fighters the recognition they've long deserved and finally get them into the games. Uh, The reason for this is because several weeks ago, if not a month ago, um, basically Sega Sega and IDW made the announcement and IGN, I think IGN and Comic Book Resources reported this that the characters of Tangle and Whisper, Tangle the Lemur and Whisper the Wolf, were going to become playable characters in the two Sonic Mobile games, Sonic Dash and Sonic Forces Speed Battle. And this did not sit well with a lot of fans because like, wait a minute. Because to them, it's like, wait a minute. Aren't these characters comic book-based characters only? And now they're in the video game? That's not fair. That's not fair to characters that have been in the comics a lot longer than them previously. And should have been in the games prior to them. It's not fair. So that's how hashtag rally for Sally came to be. Now, what impact will it have? Well, if it succeeds, and it sounds like part of it is succeeding, I'm not really sure just yet. But if it does succeed in some capacity, I can see I can see it making some kind of an impact. I, I could see it resulting in something that would really be in the favor of the fans. And one of those things I think it could it, it could be the result of it and the impact it could make is possibly, as I said before, um, when I did my reply video to the various Sonic movie, Sonic the Hedgehog movie 2 uh, videos that were done, 
uh, basically the question of who sent tales, because I think that was three uh, C films that talked about that. I said the possibility is, well, it's a long shot, just like you know his pa- Sonic's parents are, um, as three C films put it. But even though it's a long shot, it's a more favorable and realistic shot than you know Bernadette and Jules Hitchcock, and that's Sally Acorn. Sally Acorn could be revealed as you know the one that sent tales to find sonic and you know already you got people you know drawing pictures of sally in a movie style of how she would look and everything and you know if any and basically the impact hashtag rally for sally could make in some capacity is perhaps sega and paramount could be like you know what you know we're not going to put her in the games but you know what we'll do We'll put her in the movies, you know, because, you know, just because in a way it could be a nod to the fans saying, look, you know, she was never really part of the games to begin with, but she was part of the franchise in the cartoons and in the comics. So, you know what? We'll throw you a bone. We'll put her in the movies. We'll make her be the one that sent tales and then we'll make her an integral part in the future movies. That could be one of the impacts that Sally makes. The other impact, of course, is she could end up in the IDW comics. Her and the Freedom Fighters could make an appearance. I mean, what they're doing right now at the end, according to guys like Wolfie Reacts and uh, Matt Mega Beatman and many others in, you know, an Evan at Tales Channel. You know, what they're doing is they're opening the door for potential future stories to be told. And one of those could be dimensional hopping dimension hopping for Sonic in the future. So who's to say we may not get a crossover between the IDW cast and the Archie's cast in the future in an IDW multi-part story. And the reason that happens is because it's a result of the impact hashtag Rally for Sally makes. Who knows? And of course, the other impact it could make is she actually ends up in the game. That the announcement made that Sally Acorn will be a playable character in the mobile games of Sonic Dash or Sonic Speed Battle. Sonic Forces Speed Battle, that is. So, you know, those are the kind of impacts she can make. Uh, the other kind of impact she can make is she could probably get a new Sonic animated series um, made, or maybe she can get. Uh, a service like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon to pick up on Team Seasons uh, season uh, season uh, series and broadcast it on there. Maybe they can get you know Netflix, like I said, get Netflix along with or Hulu or Amazon to pick that up and say, hey, you know, you know, you know, this is because of the hashtag Wally Fasali deal. Guess what? We're gonna showcase your series or your continuation of the original Saturday morning cartoon. On our platform. That could happen. We don't know. Um, But yeah. All kinds of things could occur. All kinds of things can occur. Uh, But in in my opinion. I think. You know. Whatever happens. Whether it's Sally being integrated into the movies. You know. The you know the Freedom Fighters, the Archie Sonic characters, Sally, Bunny, Rhoda, Antoine, Dulcie, and all of them showing up in the IDW comics, even for a crossover event or crossover multi-part story. 
or even her being in the games as fans want, or even maybe this resulting in Team Seasons Season 3 uh, animated series being, you know, like being uh, showcased on things like on services like Netflix, Hulu, or, or Amazon. You know, I, I think the impact's going to be, uh, it's going to be significant. I know some people watching may say, oh, it's not going to be that big. It's not going to be that significant. It's not going to be that earth shattering and all that. And they might be right. But you know what? I look at these. Um, I look at the, the passion that the fans have for the Sonic franchise. I look at how fans are theorizing as to who could have sent Tails. You know what the what the sequel is going to be about. You know, I like the fact that you have someone like Evan, and over at the Tales Channel, theorizing at what, you know, the ending of the the main portion, or the main por- uh, the main portion of the Zombot virus arc ending. What, you know, the cliffhanger it's got there could mean for the Sonic franchise as a whole. You know, you have all these fans theorizing. As to what could be and what could not be. You have Team Season giving us a fully animated clip that looks very true to the original series. So, you know, so that could be, so to me, the impact it could make, the impact hashtag Rally for Sally could make, you know, will be significant. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree. It won't be earth-shattering, but I think it'll be significant enough that something will come out of it. It'll be something that fans will be happy with, they'll appreciate, and they'll be thankful for. Whether, like I said, it's her in the movies, you know, the crossover in the comics, her in the games, Team Seasons Season 3 being picked up by Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon. Any one of those could make it... Could Make a huge impact. Any one of those. And not any, any one, like I said, any one of those could be as a result, as I said, as I'm trying to say, could be a result as to the impact that hashtag Rally for Sally could have. Not saying it won't happen. Not saying it won't happen, but it's it's a strong possibility. We've seen a lot of Consistent. We've seen a lot of hashtags for certain things in franchises have an impact over the past several years. I mean, I look at WWE for goodness sake, and believe it or not, whether people agree with it or not, they did hashtag give divas a chance. They took that seriously and they said, you know what, let's run with it, and they did. And look where they are now. Better than they were many years ago. But you kind of get what I'm saying. I mean, heck, Recently, speaking of WWE, they put a hashtag, Naomi deserves better. And guess what's happening? Naomi's actually, I think, going to get a bit of a push now because of that. Point is, you know, hashtags for things could have significant impacts. And Rally for Sally could have a huge impact, have huge significance. And like I said, the significance could be her integrated into the movies. the cro- A crossover in the IDW book. Look for maybe a multi-part story event. Her in the games. Or Team Seasons, Season 3 series being picked up by Netflix or Hulu or Amazon to be broadcast. That's the kind of impact it could have. 
it will have to me a very significant one. Maybe not earth shattering, but like I said, enough of an impact that people will appreciate what they get in the future. That's what I think it's going to happen. Like I said, it may not be big, but I think it'll be worth, I think, honestly, I think it'll be worth everybody's trouble um, in the future. I really do. I mean, I don't, I don't think, how do I put this? I don't think, like I said, the impact is going to be a big one, but it will be significant because it, here's the thing. Fans have been wanting something for Sally, something to happen with Sally for a long, long time. I mean, I go back to the Mecha Sally arc. And the Mecha Sally arc was something that ran for too long, in my opinion. It ran for so long that fans got sick of it. They physically got sick of it. Some may have enjoyed it, but others did not like it. They, they hated it. I didn't like it because, one, you took Sally Acorn and you turned her into this when she's supposed to be smarter than that. And that's, like, stupid. You know what I'm saying? You know, that was like totally stupid. And again, I, I understand, you know, Ian wanted to do something dramatic. He wanted to really show that nothing was off limits. But again, what he did was he basically made Sally look like, you know, she wasn't smart in making the decision she did i mean yeah she did the right thing to sacrifice herself you know for the planet for her people i i I get that i totally understand that but it's it just didn't fit right in my opinion in my opinion it just did not fit right and others would agree others would agree with that and you know like I said others others would agree you know it did not work right in their opinion you know it didn't so So honestly, you know, this is just something that fans want to do. The fans feel the time is right to do because honestly, again, you know, they they look at the fact that you know, they, they look at the fact that basically, you know, you have two characters that were looked at as comic book only characters originally entangle and and whisper and now all of a sudden they're included in a game if not two games mobile games yes but it's like to a lot of fans it's unfair it's not right so to me a lot of fans the a lot of fans are feeling that 
the only way this could be justified is if you're going to allow those characters in, you should at least allow Sally in there as well. So, so yeah, you can't you can't really blame you know fans for feeling that way. But getting back on to this last topic, the impact it could make is going to be significant. Will it be a game changer? Maybe. Who knows? But it will be significant. It'll be significant to the point that, like I said, you know, she could be included in the movie. Maybe she we reveal as the one sent, that sent tales. You know, we could get a crossover, a multi-part story crossover event between the IDW cast and the Archie cast. You know, we could uh, get her in the games if fans want. And surprisingly, you know, Netflix or Hulu or Amazon could pick up on the team season's uh, season three concept or animated series and say, hey, look, we'll be glad to pay you guys and we'll broadcast this onto our services for everybody to see around the world. That could happen. And that could be all because of the hashtag rally for Sally. So that, to me, is the impact I think it could make. That's much of an impact I think it could make on the side franchise. Those kind of impacts. Either the series gets picked up by those services, the streaming services that I just mentioned, she in a game, a crossover event in the IDW comics between both the Archie and IDW cast, and maybe her being in the movies as the one being revealed that sent tales. It, you know, that's the kind of impact I think, that's the kind of impact and that's the kind of significance, I should say, an impact, the impact hashtag rally for Sally could make, in my opinion. That's the significance of the hashtag rally for Sally can make, in my opinion. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. But I think I think we're going to be good. I, I think I think we're going to be good. So anyway, though. With with that said, though, guys, that's going to pretty much do it um, for this uh, edition of Topics on My Mind for today, um, August 2nd, 2020. I uh, hope you guys all enjoyed it. Comment if you like down below. Let me know what you all think of each topic. Thank you for joining me in the live chat. And that's really going to do it, guys. That's really going to do it for now. And I will talk to you all later. God bless. Take care. I am out. And I will see you later. Have a good Sunday. And I'm out.